Welcome to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. We want to encourage, equip, and connect those with a passion to impact the next generation for Jesus Christ. Student ministry can be a lonely place. You might even feel like you're the only one in your church or community that cares about students. Well, know this, you're not alone. People all across the country are engaging Gen Z and care deeply about the spiritual direction of these young men and women. Whether you're full-time, part-time, bivocational, or volunteer, if you have a heart for students, this is the place for you. Welcome back to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. My name's Dan Carson, and on today's podcast, we're going to be talking with another speaker from the SOAR 2023 conference. We're excited to have Nathan Brewer on the podcast with us, and we'll be talking about being devoted to the church. But before we get to that, I want to invite you to check out our podcast partner at Central Baptist College of Conway. Central Baptist College is challenging, engaging, and inspiring, and it's a great place for you to send your students as they're trying to figure out what's next on their educational journey. If you want to get connected with them, reach out to at cvc.edu. You'll be able to connect with their admission staff. And if you'd like to make a visit or even better yet, bring your student to Conway, have them check it out together. Uh, it's just a wonderful place. Been a big part of my life for, for a long time. In fact, my daughter is there and is finishing up her education and will graduate in December. We're excited for her. But man, uh, check out cbc.edu. Well, on today's podcast, we have with us Nathan Brewer. Nathan is a pastor in Oklahoma, and he's going to share a little bit about his ministry, his family, and all of those things. But Nathan, we're just thrilled that you're on the podcast with us. Thank you, Dan. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited to be, be on, and, and as we've talked a little bit about already, very grateful for the impact Student Ministry Matters has in, in our association and and really beyond uh, across the world. So thanks, Dan. This is one of the first times that Nathan and I have had a chance to be in kind of a public format. So I want to say thank you to Nathan. Before I had the opportunity to take this role as the director for the BMA of Arkansas Youth Department, Nathan had served as that stopgap in between and had kept the, the department going. And that's a really important thing as now we're able to, to minister to student ministry workers that are full-time, part-time, bivocational. So Nathan, thank you for, for being that guy. I know that they just kind of, you were thrust into that position, but thank you so much for that. Yeah, I had I had no idea what I was doing those few years, and and I they must have not either by by putting me there. No, that they, they did. They were they were uh, wonderful people. But again, I, I think seeing the direction that it's gone since uh, you and uh, some from your team have taken over, it's been things are going very well. Thank you, sir. You know, you haven't been on the podcast, and so I want to give our listeners a chance to get to know you. Again, you're going to be speaking at the SOAR 2023 conference, and so if someone wants to know some stuff about you, share that with them today. I'm married to Lindsay. Uh, we'll we'll celebrate 12 years uh, next week, and uh, we've we've got six children, uh, three boys and three girls. From you know, our oldest is will be 12 next week. Our youngest uh, just turned two. And so uh, Lindsay and I met in Conway, Arkansas, uh, when I met when I moved there uh, to to attend Central Baptist College. Uh, she was a student at University of Central Arkansas, 
and we met through a through a, a campus ministry um, on the campus of UCA, and so uh, we we met there 15 years ago, and and uh, later got married. Now we're living in Oklahoma City uh, after serving uh, about five years in student ministry in Conway. Uh, moved from there up to your part of the the state in Arkansas to Rogers for a church planting residency. Um, and from there, moved to Oklahoma City for uh, to, to plant um, a church um, called Grace Harbor Church. And so we planted about six years ago, and uh, things are things are going well. Well, let me ask. I, I know that none of us are like, well, what's your title or what's my title? But, you know, I, I did interview Stephen Castleberry recently, and his title is Experienced Pastor, which I thought was kind of a, a wild yeah. term. Are you the lead pastor, teaching pastor? What When people look to you, what do they say? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we we have tried to instill into, into our people from day one um, as a church plant uh, that, that we're really planting as a team. Um, and so so really... Thomas, Thomas is our other pastor. We we really just both refer to ourselves as as pastors. Have, have noticed over the years that that people do kind of naturally look towards someone as leader, and and so I, I would I would say that that I'm the lead pastor of Grace Harbor. Um, kind of brought Thomas along with me, and 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 the Lord is is obviously who put that on his heart. But Thomas came along, and and yeah, we pastor together. And uh, we've we've got about three guys who we're walking through some some elder training with who will also be pastors of our church. And so I, I'm kind of just the utility church planting. You're you're a utility man. Yep. Uh, and so we we mow the lawn. We we plant the we plant the bushes. We uh, just just whatever needs to happen. So uh, really grateful to serve with with one of my best friends, Thomas. And uh, and and yeah, we we serve together in this role. That's wonderful. Now, I do want to ask, one of the the things that we always ask our, our new guests is, how did they come to meet Jesus? It's such a great, great way for us to get to know you on a deeper level. Yeah, uh, I was I was 14, um, and it was it was uh, it was July uh, because it was the week before um, our our uh, summer student camp. And so um, it was a Thursday night in July. I was 14 years old and, and just really believed the Lord was was convicting me and uh, had had really just kind of been drawing me and, and came to faith in Christ that night. And it was a Thursday night. And a week later, you know, we, it was it was Thursday night at camp. You know how Thursday night at church camp goes. It's kind of like the height of the week. And so right. uh, but but really for, for us, it was a got great memories of, of Thursday nights at camp. Our our student minister always took us. Uh, There's a basketball court and took our whole group down to the basketball court after the evening session. Um, and one of my, my one of my really good friends at the time, she was I was probably in I can't remember eighth or ninth grade. She was a senior in high school, and uh, she shared that night that a, a week before on Thursday night uh, that she had come to faith in Christ as well. And so you know she was really kind of a leader in our group, and the Lord after really wrestling with some, with, with, with a lot of different things like doubt and, and assurance over the years. And then that night that the Lord really came alive to me and my faith came alive to, to be able to hear from my friend that night, that, that, that the same night that, that I had come to faith, that she had come to faith. And we, we didn't know that about one another. And so the Lord just used a lot of, a lot of cool things uh, that summer 
um, to to really give me a whole lot a, a whole lot of confidence in in him and and in his his ability to to save me. And I grew up a pastor's kid, and and uh, you know was was kind of saved in the midst of all that. And so, uh, yeah, summer of summer when I was fourteen years old is when I came to faith. One of the other things I do like to ask, because this is a podcast for the full-time, part-time, bivocational, volunteer, student worker, who invested in your life during those student ministry years, those those teenage years, sixth grade to 12th grade, maybe even into college, who was someone that that made a difference for you? The, the first person that, that comes to my mind is Mike Mobley. Uh, Mike Mobley, I, I mentioned Thomas, the guy that I pastor with right now. Uh, Mike is Thomas's dad, um, and and uh, Thomas's dad and my dad were on staff together in the church that my dad's still in. Uh, they were on staff together from the time Thomas and I were both born, and so Thomas and I grew up together. Our dads were were in full time ministry together, um, and then Mike was my youth pastor, and so you know Mike was Mike was just so intentional with with discipleship. Uh, he was so intentional with he was he was a gifted teacher. He loved teaching. He put a lot into teaching. Um, there's a lot of great youth ministers out there, but I've I've never seen anybody put the time and investment into preparing a lesson for students as as Mike did. He would he would make these booklets and like combine them and all those kinds of things for a bunch of seventh grade kids that just drew a bunch of stuff on them. And so <laughs> he just he he really poured himself into that. In fact, God God used Mike at a SOAR conference um, in, in St. Louis, I think in 2004, uh, Mike, Mike was kind of the first one that I talked to about uh, my, my calling into ministry. Um, and so, yeah, lots of, lots of great things. Of course, my dad was very influential, uh, very, very blessed by, uh, to, to, to grow up in a, in a Christian home, uh, but also in a, in a, in a pastor's home who, who pastored a great church. Uh, I, I, I hear, tons of stories about pastors kids and the the experiences they had and, and the Lord was just gracious to, to me and and uh maybe protecting me from a lot of that and so both both my dad and, and Mike Mobley were both very influential in my life well that's great to hear I know both of these men they are they're godly men who love people and are always even now looking to see how they can impact more people for the cause of Christ. Nathan, let's let's get on to the the subject of the day. You're going to be speaking at SOAR. We're excited to hear from you, um, especially as a church planter. You're coming at this with with a definite perspective, um, but we're wanting to encourage students to be devoted to church. And so, just share with our listeners how you're going to approach that. Uh, maybe what you're going to share from some of the key points, so that as our listeners, if they're going to SOAR, that they can be a little bit better prepared for the times after when they talk to their students. But maybe they aren't going to SOAR. They're not even familiar with what this crazy SOAR conference is. Uh, but I think there'll be some things that they could take away from our conversation today. Yeah, I've, I've got two uh, uh, biblical texts kind of in my stern, in my, in my mind, in my heart. They'll probably draw both from Psalms chapter 73, uh, Psalm 73, and then Hebrews 10. Uh, Hebrews 10 verses 19 through 25 serve as just a really, it, within the context of Hebrews, uh, serves as a, a really powerful text on, on what it means to be connected to God's people. What I love about Psalm 73 
is that there, there seems to be a, a shift in Psalm 73. A lot of people may be familiar with that chapter. Uh, the, the the writer, is it says a psalm of Asaph, um, and, and he seems to be in turmoil the, over the way that things are in the world. Uh, that, that there's, he's, he's, he's just confounded by, by things. And I'd say that, that our students, and then maybe even as leaders experience some of that same, I don't know, some of that same tension that we, we look at the world. Uh, we look at what it means to live a, a godly and holy life. Um, we, we see the ease with which the world and those in the world seem to be navigating the world and, and some of the, some of the way that, that as as devoted believers, um, that we seem to to kind of be wading through some things. And there's this moment in Psalm 73, um, in in verse Psalm 73, 16 and 17, the, the writer says, When I tried to understand all of these things, it seemed to me hopeless. Some some versions say it seems to me a wearisome task to wrap our mind around what's going on. But then it says, until I entered into God's sanctuary. And then I understood, and and I, I would say just just the, the 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 right understanding of the Old Testament and the Psalms. Um, God's sanctuary doesn't just mean the 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 the, the temple and the steeple. It, it really means that being in the presence of the people of God, um, and in the in the presence of the people of God, um, really always meant the presence of God as well. And so it it's it seems the church in today's age especially. Um, ought to be and historically has been um, a very clarifying space, um, a, a space where clarity is uh, experienced. And so, as we live in these these times that we're in, um, I, I think I think the church and being devoted to the church pr- provides a space for for there to be clarity on what's going on in this world. Um, could could there be a, a God who is in control? Could there be a God who um, who who cares and who is involved and who interacts with us, and so that's that's some of what I think is is important about this text and and important about this topic being devoted to God's church is that uh, there's a clarifying effect uh, to to what God has called us to do um, and being connected to His people. I know that um, churches handle membership a little bit different when it comes to children. It's just um, with children and students. Uh, some churches immediately make them a uh, member in full standing as soon as they've accepted Christ or baptized and then voted on by the church, while others look at it a little bit different. They will put them into more of a, a care type of membership, knowing that as the church votes and makes decisions that they're not necessarily going to be pl- taking a vote. I mean, th- there are all sorts of ways to handle it, but... Um, you know, membership is important, and we yeah, believe yeah. that church membership is important. And right. so what does that mean to you, whether it's dealing with adults or with teenagers? What does church membership mean to you and, and to your congregation? You're going deep, Dan. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is a theological conversation, <laughs> ecclesiastical conversation. Yeah, you're you're right. I, I think that, that as we read the scriptures, uh, we, we see a... Um, we see a, a if we're if we're studying and reading the scriptures uh, as as they would have been written and as they ought to be understood, uh, there is an assumption uh, that people belong very intentionally to to local church bodies. 
Um, one, one of the one of the things that's helping me prepare for my topic at SOAR is that we've we've begun to engage uh, with with a lot of the the uh, Afghan community in Oklahoma City. We've Oklahoma City received about a thousand um, Afghan refugees a couple of years ago, and um, as we've engaged with these Afghans, uh, we've met we've met just a few who are Christians, few who are believers. Um, and I've had conversations with them about their conversion, like when they came to faith in Christ, because that you know that's a that's a great story for many of them. Um, and and one of the things that that they talk a lot about when I ask them, what were, what were some of the things that you naturally did in Afghanistan as believers without the influence of church culture? But as you read the Bible, what were some of the things that stuck out the most? And one of the things that many of them have said is like church membership, belonging, belonging to a church. And 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 uh, now they've said there's a lot of things that the American church is doing currently that don't make sense. But they say one of the things that that the church is getting right from their reading of the scripture and as these Afghans come to faith in Christ and they're operating just from a plain reading of the scriptures, they say what's what's very obvious is a is a deep intentional commitment to local church body. And and so that's just very interesting to me. Um, maybe there may be lots of things that we've kind of added on to church membership that, you know, may be helpful. Um, but but may not be overly necessary. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's important too, to help distinguish with your people when you talk about membership. Uh, what are what are things that that we're we're attempting to do to be good stewards and to be faithful? Um, some churches, you know, require a, a, a pretty lengthy membership process. Our our church does a membership process and we're we are very clear with our people. Hey, these these are things that are not explicitly commanded in the scriptures to do a, you know, a, a four-part membership process. Uh, but uh, it's a, it's a way in which we have chosen to, to shepherd and to steward um, and other churches do it different ways and they're shepherding and stewarding their churches very well. Um, but, but there's, there's different, different ways in which we approach that. But, but one of, one of the things that I think we see uh, very fundamentally is belonging to a local church body and committing oneself to it. Well, I know that here at Calvary, one of the things that we've done is one of our core beliefs and uh, values is that membership matters. And that doesn't yeah. matter if you are 13 years old or if you're 53, right. it that's is right. important. And so that's a part of being devoted to the church. And I know that, right. that we have to look at that. It's it's too easy for us to just look at students going, well, they're the membership for tomorrow or for That's a decade right. from now. But, yes. you know, I just, I'm, I'm excited to hear from you. I'm excited for, as we look at these uh, couple of different passages and see how important this value should be with everyone, but especially for our students. I I know that there's been a big shift. I have a young lady who's bringing a sore for the second time. She was part of a group when she came. She was in, going into the se seventh grade, and she her commitment to the church is 20 times larger than it was at that point. I mean, yeah. she is yeah. committed to our body. She just finished high school, but she's staying up in this area to go to school close. And, you know, not everybody is like that, uh, but membership yeah, matters. Right. 
and it's important. Right. So, well, yeah. let me let me ask you know as we look at for some practical tips and how how can we help our students be more devoted to the church? What are some things that we might do as student ministry workers to help them uh, understand that importance and then to actually take steps toward that? Yeah, I, I think I think uh, as as ministers, as student ministers, um, a, a good place to start and to not to to never underestimate is teaching. Uh, mm-hmm. Teach teach on it, preach the word, um, teach preach the word and teach the word. I think we see we actually see both of those um, commands and exhortations from Paul: preach and teach. Um, and so, I think we we preach um, the scriptures, we preach what is true. Um, and then we we teach, we find ways to help apply um, that. And so we, you know, whether we have student ministry small groups or Sunday school classes, um, man, how how cool would it be to see youth leaders taking students through um, membership material um, and 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 things things like that, uh, wh- whatever resource that you you might you might prefer um, in that way. When you when you say that your church uh, has has kind of the the, the phrase membership matters. Um, that's, that's, that's very important. That what brings, what that brings to mind is, uh, meaningful membership. Yes. Um, yes. help, help students, um, help students experience meaningful membership, help students think through what their responsibilities are to one another, um, and to the church. Uh, I was, I was having a conversation with my wife yesterday. Um, and there was just, there was a particular topic that we were talking about that one lady, and in, in her world, uh, did did not like that 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 was called sin. That that mm-hmm. what that, that, that yeah. the topic they were talking about is called sin, and 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 because it was called sin, um, there there was a lot of offense taken. And and I think that if we can, I think that if we can, if we can help people understand that identifying something as a sin in our life uh, doesn't mean that we have to retreat. And and pull away that hey it's it's what it's what the word says um, it's what the scriptures say um, and now now that now that we we know that there's kind of this impure way within us um, now we can walk towards holiness walk in holiness together um, and and if we can just help our students see that that's what that's what meaningful membership and maybe even deeper than that just basic Christianity is 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 walking with one another. Um, in in these things that we don't pull back and we don't retreat. I'll, I'll I'll give one more story. When I was when I was in the eighth grade, a, a really really good friend of mine um, in our in our youth group um, made made some really bad decisions um, in in some of his his group with 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 alcohol. And uh, I remember the way that I responded to him, and and probably probably for for a year or two. Uh, I, I don't know that I said anything that was hurtful, but I, I can tell you that I was not willing to walk with him. Um, I was just more upset with him. I was more judgmental towards him, uh, rather than saying, Hey, let, you know, let's, let's walk in and holiness together. Let's, let's move towards Christ together. Um, and so meaningful membership, you know, if you can, if you can help students see, uh, their role in the body and in the local church, um, I think that's going to be very, very helpful for people. And you, again, we preach and teach on that. 
I'd be curious to hear some of your your thoughts on on how you're doing that with students and how you've seen other guys doing that with students. I haven't worked with students. It, it's been about eight years since I've worked with right. students. And and I don't know if you know this, but eight years ago was a totally different time for students than it is today. <laughs> yes, um, that's that's kind of putting it mildly. Things mm-hmm. change so quickly in the student world. You know, I've been in, I've been doing this off and on now for 30 years of ministry, and I've seen the the big youth group days and where everybody wanted to be involved with one of those because that's the cool place to be. Uh, a lot of fun, a lot of games, a lot of activity. Um, and really what I'm seeing now is a desire to be real authentic, to be, yeah. uh, to understand, to be loving and kind and relational. And I just, I see that's where the value is for us to love on our students. So, you know, you've you mentioned some great things, this idea of make sure that we're preaching on it, that we're teaching on it, the, the value of church and how important it is because they won't know otherwise. And then to show them the value of what it's like to have somebody walk alongside them. Um, yeah. For me, and one of the things that we've tried to do here, and, you know, and honestly, I didn't think about a lot of the stuff when I was, you know, 20 years back, 10 years in a, into student ministry, is trying to make much of interge- intergenerational relationships. Oh, yeah. And wow. so... You know, I just took it for granted. When I would go to church in high school, I was a part of Springdale Missionary Baptist Church. It was a church of a, a 75 to 80 on a big day. and But there were people of all ages. We had, you know, 80 all the way down to babies. And yes. I didn't think anything about worshiping with those folks. But yes. I still have memories of looking back on those those people that would worship, they would pray, there was an earnestness about what they were doing. And so, I mean, one of the things that I think is important, and I may get kicked back on this, but is to always keep your worship times intergenerational. Don't yes. put the teenagers into a separate worship space. They need to see that they're a part of the body, and then they'll start seeing that value because you'll have somebody who's not your grandma say, hey, I've been praying for you. Or yes. somebody who's not your parent saying, Hey, how's school going? I mean, just those brief moments of time can make such a difference and they'll see, they'll start seeing the value. Now, I know we have kids yeah. and students who are a part of, well, their parents just aren't a part of church. I was one of those. My high school yeah. years from 15 to 19, pivotal point in my life, but my parents and family weren't in church. My my yeah. wife, same thing, different, totally different areas. Um, but it's it's always cracks me up at when students say, well, I didn't want to come or I couldn't get a ride there. Both the two of us figured it out. <laughs> and, and we wanted to have and God, you know, was developing that relationship with with each of us in his own way. And so, um, yeah. you know, we weren't she was in Little Rock. I was in northwest Arkansas. Uh, but it's funny how God pulled us together. And so we see yeah. great value in that one encourage that sort of growth. Yeah. So Dan, man, there's all sorts of things. What you got for us? Yeah, you're, you're really onto something that's, that's very good. Uh, and, and you're identifying something that we were kind of forced into. We did not do it intentionally, you know, but as a church plant, you know, uh, when, when we planted our church, uh, there were, there were four kids and they were all four mine and they were all under the age of four. Um, at the time. And so 
for the for the first six years of our of our church plant, uh, you know, church plants don't come in, in a uh, some do. Our church plants did not come in a box. Yeah. Um, so there was not a youth. There wasn't a youth group. We didn't have a youth ministry. We didn't have a youth leader. Um, and so really just as our church kind of uh, grew and and developed, uh, one thing that stayed the same somewhat, somewhat intentionally and some somewhat not um, is that kids just remained a part of our of our main worship time mm. um, and and even our small group. So so it's, what we do as a church People ask us all the time, what you know, what what are what do y'all do? We have a we have a Sunday morning worship service, and then we have um, community groups throughout the week, um, and and that's it. Uh, we now we'll do we'll do several outreach events, and there's there's lots of more, some natural things going on. But one of the things that stayed the same until the Lord opens up an opportunity for us to have a more dedicated student you know, rhythm and student ministry as a church plant is that, is that kids have just been part of our service. Mm. Um, and so we've, you know, that has been, that has just been an amazing thing to see. And I, 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 I say that because you're identifying something that, that we're seeing, um, and we really haven't intentionally created. It's, it's some, somewhat philosophical for us, but, but it, but it has very much been very, very helpful. I know my kids, you know, one of the some some of the the, the main conversations uh, around faith that I've had with my kids uh, are the result of something that happens in the gathering, um, in the Sunday morning worship gathering, whether that be through communion or that be when someone's baptized or or whether it's when someone reads a passage of scripture. Every now and then, we'll we'll ask someone to come share something at the end of our service and. Man, our 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 kids, my my seven year old son, you know, ask questions about what our fifty eight year old church member says or shares um, that just open up some very good conversations. And so you're you're really sharing something very good on on that. It's vital um, that we make sure that our students see the value of the gathering. Um, I know yeah. that there's some different philosophies around. Uh, church and approach, but if you don't gather at some point, how do you do the one another's of Scripture? And yeah. so we we make much of our weekly gathering, and yeah. we're still the church outside of these walls, but right. we definitely know it's important to come together. And we want we want students to see that and experience that as well, because we know that it's valuable. Yeah, so, that's right. well, listen, Nathan, I appreciate you taking some time. I know that. Uh, you're actually on a bit of a little bit of a vacation as we have this conversation. And so I'm thrilled for you. It's always good to take a, a moment or two away, uh, especially if you have six kids. Holy cow, man. Yeah. Yeah. You are crazy, blessed, all of those things. So. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. We are. We are. All of the above. Um, we, we had our, our daughter and decided that we couldn't handle any more like her. So we stopped it too. That was the end of our story. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> well, yep, listen, Nathan, sense. if somebody wants to get a hold of you, talk to you about what you'll be sharing, or just have some questions about ways that they can be praying for your, uh, your church as, as you yeah. grow there in Oklahoma, uh, what's the best way for them to do that? You know what? You can email me really easy. Nathan at ghokc.com. Okay. Um, I'm I'm on social media. I, I've got got Facebook and Instagram, and uh, I would love to connect with you there. I, I try to try to keep things pretty light around around there. 
And, uh, you know, I, I don't know if you'll share my cell phone number. I'll even give out my cell phone number and you're welcome just to shoot me a text. So <laughs> I don't mind. I love, I love pastors and, and guys that are willing to do that. Um, and I appreciate that. I think an email will be great. It's a, yeah. it's a great place to start. Um, we'll include a link to your church website as well yeah. as, as your email in our show notes. So if listener, if you have a question for Nathan, be sure to shoot that to him. Um, he'd love to have a conversation. Um, we want to encourage you to be praying for Nathan and for all our speakers and our students as they gather July 3rd through the 5th at the Gaylord Texan in uh, the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And so if you have any questions about that, be sure to check out the other link that'll be in our show notes, soarconference.com, and you can reach out to their team and they can help you. Um, but we're excited to hear from Nathan, to hear from all of our guys, but especially Nathan as he talks about being devoted to the church. Well, listener, let me encourage you to preach, to teach, to love on your students, and to show them how valuable it is to be connected with the local church. And we do all these things because student ministry matters. Thanks for listening to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. Get connected at studentministrymatters.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Student Ministry Matters. Until next time, keep up the great work with your students because the work matters.